Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and aren't subscribed, make sure and click the subscribe button, like, comment, and let us know what about the episode. If there's a particular question, guest, or topic you'd like to have on, we're always checking your feedback on there and love to be able to take your suggestions and then work them into future episodes. Today, I'm going to be joined by Hellwig Products. Uh, Melanie's going to be chatting with me about the company's history, how it started. Helper springs, sway bars, and also some challenges that uh, the industry is going to have as different types of vehicles are going to be hitting the road. So it's definitely going to be an interesting conversation to chat with her about the company, about that. Also, SEMA as well. There's a, a lot of involvement that Helwig has in SEMA in the aftermarket. So we're definitely looking forward to it. Before we get to it, though, I want to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, which is DMAX Store. Earlier in the year, I did a podcast with the guys over there, and it was really insightful to chat with them about LB7, L5P trucks, everything in between, and ask about common issues or failures that they can have, and then ways you can fix them, um, whether it's just for maintenance, upgrades that you can do. So if you own a Duramax looking to make sure that it can run the best that it can, definitely make sure and head on over to dmaxstore.com, check check them out. If you have questions about building your truck, upgrades you should do, they love to talk Duramaxes, so definitely send them a message, give them a call, they'd be glad to help you. All right, let's get to today's podcast with Helwig talking about helper springs, sway bars, towing, SEMA, and some challenges that the suspension industry is going to have moving forward. Melody, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. I'm looking forward to chatting with you today, learning more about Helwig, the story, the products. I was really looking forward um, to chatting with you guys. We had a listener that messaged in and said, hey, I'd like to know more about these different products that they have. I'm towing. I'm looking for ways to better you know, handle my trailer and, and stuff. So welcome to the Diesel Podcast and definitely look forward to chatting with you. Awesome. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. I love the story of companies. I think because they're so relatable for a lot of us where we um, you know, either started a business ourselves or a family did or a friend and we know what they go through to build something up. And I've always thought of Hellwig as this, they're just a company that has been around forever. Like I've always known about them and the things that they did. But how did, how did the company start? I think you guys have a really interesting history and I wanted to make sure that we started with that part. Yeah, I'm happy to talk about that. So my great-grandfather and grandfather started the business in 1946. So they had the idea for building helper springs before, but the war was going on. So they didn't have steel available. You know, it's so interesting when you think about that time frame because you're like, oh, those things like were really limitations, right? And so it was a limitation for them. Um, finally, uh, they were able to start uh, making helper springs and they did this at night in their garage. Um, and then they would go sell door to door. 
And I mentioned uh, War too, because if you find our original springs, they bought surplus army green paint and our original helper springs were dipped in army green <laughs> paint. <laughs> um, uh, we still have some in our, our, in our office. Um, so I just, I love that part too. Um, but they would go sell door to door. So my great grandfather uh, would knock on the door and say, you have a sagging vehicle, we can fix it. And my grandpa, who was a senior in high school, would lay on his back in the driveway and would install the helper spring for $7. Wow. So, you know, it's really obvious when someone needs Helwig uh, and definitely like a helper spring, right? Because you have a saggy rear end. And so sales during that time were easy and everything was a passenger car. So everything had the same spring. It was much more, it was easy, uh, very uh, universal and also a lot cheaper. Um, we definitely have a different distribution model right now and also a different price point. <laughs> What's really interesting too, is to think about the history of the automobile and the enthusiast and after World War II, how it grew. And then when trucks really started to become I'd say more of a mainstay in American culture. Mm -hmm. How did, what, what was the growth like or, or the changes to be able to accommodate, you know, going from cars to trucks. And then we have, you know, the seventies and eighties and all, all the way to where we're at now. It just seems like it's changed so much. So much. Right. So we have a lot of the, uh, earlier pictures that you'll look and you'll see it's just all of it is passenger cars and um, they were all leaf sprung and i remember talking to my grandpa a few years ago and he was talking about you know the many times that when you start a business right like there's many times when you're like holy heck like what's next in our company and one of the holy hecks was when uh passenger cars went from leaf spring to coils there weren't a ton of trucks around at that time either, but it was really interesting. Like that transition from coil from uh, away from leaf springs and passenger cars was also the transition time into truck. And so we were able to like glide our way into that market, uh, but it wasn't really strong. And so there was this fear around, are we going to have our, like, what are we going to put our products on? We want to put our products. We want to help people, but we need a vehicle to do that with. And so uh, trucks really became a mainstay. I was at a, a car show. Gosh, it was probably like five years ago, but it was one of our early helper springs were on uh, their old pickup. And the pickup was like one of the first models. Uh, it was just, it was a really cool experience to see our product on uh and like in that transition phase right 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 that's that's so cool and i think i think of vehicles in 2023 or even the last five years and how much the market has changed i, I had a podcast with somebody and we were talking uh, he was saying you know diesel trucks used to be used for a construction or a specific purpose whereas now we're using them as daily commuters and i imagine there's so many challenges or wants that truck owners would like their their your trucks to be able to do when we yeah. look at the current catalog and the, and the options that you guys have what have your customers told you guys that they want for their trucks and then how do you help them get that yeah so i mean everyone wants a more uh stable ride right whatever it is uh so definitely more sway control they don't want saggy rear ends uh we can help with all of that and uh, we're seeing it's interesting you know we're talking about the passenger car and the change to trucks we're also seeing 
trucks go to coils from vehicles. And I was actually just on the phone with someone earlier who was telling me he towed with, he towed or he put a camper in uh, uh, with his um, coils rear sprung vehicle. He's like, I love this truck for my commuter. I love it. But when I was, I had that extra weight in, I was all over the place and scared to death, right? You're like holding on with your white knuckles, like gripping it. He was like, I was there. It was so scary. I need your stuff. Um, he's been someone I've done trade shows with forever. Um, so it's funny to, you know, he knows the solution for it, but he didn't need it because it's rides nice. Uh, it doesn't ride nice though, when you have all the extra weight in it. Right. Right. That makes a lot of sense because I think when I think of newer vehicles, they're so advanced. They're so nice to drive. And when when they're unloaded, they just handle the road well. But when we're buying a three quarter, one ton truck, it's usually to tow something, haul something. Is that where the weaknesses in modern setups can show themselves as under those kind of heavier use applications? You know, it's a lot of them, right? It's just, they're meant, what we're, what we're seeing right now with vehicles is that they're meant for daily drivers. And I don't think when they first came out, they weren't typically daily drivers, right? right? They're commuter vehicles. They're all of that. And so they're, they're creating these vehicles that are like really nice, um, well sprung, you know, not too over or under vehicles they're drive nice but they don't do what they need to do when you tow with it or when you haul something and so they're making vehicles for a niche right and if you want to do anything more you really do need like you need more products to support that the more that of whatever you're going to do with your vehicle i was i was thinking of say if i had my first diesel truck and i bought it because I was going to tow something in the future. So I get it. It drives great. I hook up a trailer and I've heard this podcast. What should I, what would I notice about the OEM setup or where I would need improvement um, with helper springs? Would it be the way that the, you know, the truck sits? Would it be um, how it handles on the road, maybe turning? What are some things people should look out for and know, Hey, I can fix this. I don't have to just live with the, the manners of the vehicle. I mean, we definitely have a no saggy bottoms policy. It's why my uh, grandpa and great grandpa like went around to uh, to neighborhoods back in the day. And so it just kills me when I'm driving right like down the road and I see someone going down the road uh, with their their lights up in the air and their back end sagging. I'm I'm like, we can fix that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and that is right. Like when. The thing behind that, though, when you're doing all of that, like all of your weight is in the back, you're breaking your axle, like you, the bearings, like everything is like in one area and it's not meant to be right. It's meant to be spread out. So when you when you have your lights pointing up in the air, it's really not a safe vehicle. It's not as safe to drive as it is meant to be when it's level load. So that's really like my passion behind it too, right? I'm like, oh, you could be so much safer. You could have this better experience. You're also, so that's the helper spring. It's really obvious. You're sagging. We can fix that. The sway bars and what we do too it is a little bit different. That's a very like, like you have to feel it. Um, and I, And I always feel like it's like that 
someone once explained it. Uh, it was a woman. She was like, I finally feel like I have a rear end on my vehicle because you, when you don't feel right, it's like w- kind of wiggly and wonky yeah. in the you don't feel like it's like there to support you all the time. And that's really what our, our sway bars do. They really help you like feel level, confident, um, and, and keep your vehicle balanced. That makes a lot of sense. I've ridden in vehicles that feel like that or driven some myself where it just, you feel a little bit of that shift back and forth under yeah. different conditions. And it's just, you're not inspired with confidence when you feel that. No, and you're like holding on to the like steering wheel with white knuckles and you're, you don't want like any sort of like windstorm or quick maneuver that you have to do, right? I was coming down the grapevine, which is a big um, grade here in California. And I saw there's a big old cab over camper and it's just all wiggly on the back end. And all I could think about is what that feels like in that driver's seat. And, uh, and I wanted like, this is, uh, we had a team member that wanted us to be able to have like billboard messages that show up on your vehicle. And I wanted to like share like, Hey, we could fix that for you. This feeling that is not fun right now. We can fix this. Um, so in that moment, I would, I really wanted to be able to get that message across because it's not fun. There was, I was on your, the Hellwig website and there were so many choices, which I thought was really cool based on what people might want to do with the helper springs that they could, they could pick. Can we go through what some of those options could be for people? Yeah, for sure. So we have anything up to a 550, which is 500 level load, uh, help or go all the way up to 3,500 which is are very different vehicles, right? The 550, we have um, 550, easy 990, um, a lot in that range that are in the like mid-sized truck. Uh, and so you're gonna get, that'll definitely help with the sag and the rear end. And then you can get into like our, our really um, new model here, which is a silent support system. There's one of the complaints with helper springs is that if there's steel on steel, it can make noise. You go over railroad tracks, it could potentially make noise. We have an application that there's no steel on steel, so it protects from that. Um, and so we call it the silent support system. Um, and that is 2,500 pounds level load capacity, um, all in one kit. And then we get into the, the big, uh, load pro series, which is the 2,500 and the 3,500. And those are really like, if you're going to tow and haul and you're going to keep it on most of the time, that's what I'd recommend. It's a lot of extra steel, uh, for the, um, the vehicle, but it really does help keep that like positive arch in the spring. I mean, all of the helper springs do that. So, they, they help with the longevity of the spring because they help keep that positive arch. I mean, you just think about like the more weight you're adding, the more pressure um, it's going to like, it's just going to sag and kind of flatten out over time. So helper springs really help uh, keep that positive arch, help you with the load, help level out your lights, like all of the things um, keep your load level. Now for, for the products themselves, like a lot of our listeners, 
kind of break into a third of them own GM Duramaxes, a third of them own Ford Power Strokes, a third of them you know own Ram trucks. With the product line, do you guys offer them for each different model of of truck in different year ranges, or um, you know what? You know, if somebody's got an older truck, kind of maybe one five to ten years old or something newer, can they find products to help fix their trucks? Yep. <laughs> yes, to all of that. <laughs> yes, uh, we do have a, a wide array uh, in our catalog, so we go back pretty far. Um, you know, we don't go back all the way to 1946 anymore <laughs> in our catalog, but we definitely have some 50s in there. <laughs> um, and then, uh, so we have the uh, earlier model trucks, later model trucks. Um, you know, we do have quite a array of vehicles and it's not a universal fit. It really is a custom fit. Uh, and what we even saw is that, you know, some, uh, like maybe Chevy one year had a two and a half inch wide spring. And then the next year they have a three inch wide. So we sometimes, and sometimes they switched it in the middle of the year on us. So, so, um, you know, sometimes we're asking like, Hey, we know that in this year model, they might've changed it. You might need to just go like take them a tape measure. Or do you have two and a half or three inch, you know, when you're ordering. So, so sometimes, uh, in those earlier model ones, uh, we do have to like, ask folks to be a little bit more, uh, play a part in helping select their vehicle. Um, and then the, I think the bigger, the one that even makes a bigger difference is sway bars. So sway bars are definitely vehicle specific. I mean, they might, uh, always might change a brake line and where it runs and that changes our bracketry. Right. So it, it very much matters. Um, what uh for sway bars uh where they go and a lot of trucks it's so surprising to me but a lot of trucks don't come with rear sway bars and it makes such a huge difference i love to take my corners a little bit too fast especially when i'm getting on the highway right and anytime i'm driving without a rear sway bar it reminds me like oh yeah <laughs> i really love driving every day with one because it just helps you like you know manage that turn really well um and, and most trucks don't come with them. So it's either like a very small few, the super duty. I mean, I can bend it myself. Um, uh, and I'm not that big of a, a person <laughs> to be able to like really like manipulate it. And ours is like heavy, beefy. And so you just think about like having even like a little one will make a difference, but like nothing, uh, there's a lot of room for improvement there. It's really interesting. You mentioned the sway bar because the first time I heard of Hellwig, it was years ago. And I was at a truck event and I saw a truck I really liked. It, it was done really well. And I know that model didn't come with a sway bar and I saw one and it started a conversation between me and the truck owner. And that's when he had mentioned it and the difference that it made. And it, it was, it was just so cool to hear why he chose it, you know, as part of his build, how he, why he liked it and always stayed in the back of my mind. So when we had our listeners say, Hey, can you get Hellwig on the podcast and chat with them? I thought I get to ask them the questions that I did to that truck owner a long time ago. One of the huge things with truck enthusiasts is they like to work on trucks themselves. And I wanted to ask you about the install of both the helper springs and the sway bars. How difficult are they? Is it something that somebody could tackle themselves or is it better left to a shop or maybe does it vary a little bit based on the truck? 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, so Helper Springs, 100%, this is, it's a, it's a DIY if you want, right? I realized, like, when my husband and all his buddies, you know, they would do all of the things to their dirt bikes, like change the oil, filters, all the things. And then they hit a certain age, and they're like, I'm going to take this to the shop. And I'm like, you guys used to, like, hang out in the garage and do this. So there's a certain point where, yes, it is also a do it for me product. <laughs> I think if it's an age thing, right? Oh, I hit but, that age. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it definitely is something that you could do uh, still in your driveway uh, and with uh, simple hand tools too. Uh, I would say for the sway bars, it just gets a little tricky um, when you're mounting one side. Um, sometimes you just need to like figure out ways to get the other side up if you were wanting to do it yourself or have a buddy go help you like just hold it up during that time right when you're mounting the other side so um that's the only like little trick uh there uh but helper springs 100 percent. like you know we used to have a joke like our helper springs are so easy even a salesperson could install them so um you know i've done like a video on it um and as have installed them myself too. So um, yeah, it, it's definitely something a, a DIY. Uh, and I bet your audience is very handy. So uh, that that type of audience is 100% can can install our products. There's so much great information on your website. And so like, I encourage people to definitely head on over. It's hellblakeproducts.com. They can find products specific for their trucks, find more information. And and one of the the huge things when I was just wanting to learn more about the company that I saw, and I wanted to chat with you about this aspect of it, is the involvement with SEMA. And the reason I think that's so important is because companies that are involved in the industry and wanting it to grow, whether it's with competitors or companies that make something completely different, I think wanting to see the the aftermarket be successful and, and grow is so important. So I wanted to ask you about Hellwig's involvement with SEMA from the start and up to current, the things you guys are working on, have worked on, and you know, the passion that you guys have for the aftermarket. Yeah, so we have our our company was at the first show. So uh, when the SEMA show was in Dodger Stadium, our we had a booth there. So, you know, you'll see Hellwig products, Edelbrock, like some of those like folks that were at that first show and Hellwig was there. So we've been involved with SEMA for very many years and I'm now uh, very involved in SEMA. I volunteer quite a bit. Um, for most of my career, I've volunteered within SEMA and I just fell in love with the industry. I fell in love with you know, Hellwig. And then once I went to my first SEMA show, I was like, heck yes, I'm in. This is amazing. And I want to be a part of this more um, than just one time a year. Right. And I think that's what the volunteer uh, aspect really allowed me to do was to be uh, be involved more 
you know, they're such a passionate industry. And I think that's really like the differentiator, right? Is everyone that's there, they're really passionate about vehicles and they love what they do. So that makes it fun too. Um, right now, uh, so I have volunteered within the light truck um, organization within SEMA. And now um, I was sitting on the board of directors. I'm now a chair elect of the SEMA board of directors. So, so we're pretty involved <laughs> um, in uh, SEMA. So in a couple of years, I'll be the chair of the board of SEMA. And it's fun. It's so fun to be in that seat because it is a group of people. I mean, it's fun and it's hard, right? <laughs> Our industry is definitely um, seeing some challenges out there. And I think that's the the really neat part of it is this group of people who are very passionate, very knowledgeable, who all want us to succeed and really like protect that right to customize our vehicles. And that really being a part of SEMA and and just like wanting to modify your vehicle and have it be your own is like a like it's an American thing, right? It's, right. We to modify our vehicles and uh it's not just american but you know we're we're very passionate about it here and i think that uh something really fun that we get to do it's really interesting for me in my growth in diesel or just in the aftermarket is a long time ago i thought sema was just a show that was once a year and there would be cool builds and things and i know it was in vegas and a lot of companies would go to it but i didn't understand all the work that went into the industry itself until I had SEMA Garage on a couple years ago. I didn't even know about SEMA Garage. I didn't know that there was an avenue, which is definitely needed for aftermarket companies to be able to do testing and, and take advantage of the resources that they might not have the ability to do themselves. And yeah. with the challenges that are out there in, in different uh, parts of the aftermarket, it's so incredibly important. I think the work that's being done and the resources that are there for enthusiasts, shop owners, ultimately it ends up with truck enthusiasts and the, the parts that you can get and the things that you can do. Yeah, totally. It's yeah. Uh, really cool because, yeah, I mean, we use, have used like part of the SEMA garage. Um, they have a vehicle technology part of um, the SEMA garage as well. And that, um, and there was 126 law, um, all vehicles had to comply within uh, electronic stability control. And so we went through a bunch of testing. We knew our products made vehicles handle better and safer. Um, and we just wanted to be able to have that stamp of approval uh, to be able to, if we ever had any question about that, we'd be able to offer that to our consumers. And the thing that, uh, happened in that it was really fun experience to just see how much of an improvement right but it we got access to testing and and minds and people that we wouldn't have normally done i think that's what's so beautiful about sema is that you know you whatever we're doing you can have that ability to take off your company hat and wear the industry hat and we you know we learn and we're so much better together when we're able to work in that way. And so you, there's been a lot of stuff that we've been able to do in the past uh, that have really helped us like grow as a company and things that we wouldn't have ever explored uh, without SEMA's help. 
So it seems like the networking is also incredibly important as well from a company to company level, being able to test. And I imagine there's a lot of great feedback that you guys provide other companies as well, or, you know, partners that you have in the industry to be able to make a stronger aftermarket, which is, it's such a huge topic in like right now has been for a few years with different things that are going on, not just in diesel, but hot rods, you know, other vehicles and the landscape's changing so much. I think as an enthusiast, it's so refreshing to know there's an organization like SEMA that is working towards keeping this passion, this hobby, sometimes the livelihood and the companies in it alive and mm-hmm. prospering with these changes. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you read their mission statement because that is. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really passionate about it because I hear other stories from the other side where um, a company might not be able to offer its product because they don't have the testing. And then I hear the personal stories of how that company downsizes. Maybe it doesn't exist anymore. And I think of the personal side and how hard that would be. And I just wasn't aware there was an avenue to get help testing validation to be able to confidently sell products or offer them throughout the country. So I, I definitely wanted to make sure any listeners we have that you know, are curious about it or in that position, there is a place to find help and it, it does a great job for enthusiasts. Yeah, it really does. I'm glad you, you mentioned that. <laughs> with If you were to look towards the future, I always like to ask this question with trucks. I know they change all the time, but what are some what are some challenges you think that Helwig might have or opportunities in the future as these trucks change so much? Like we talked a bit about how they were all leaf springs and then some of them start to have coilovers. What are some things we should pay attention to as enthusiasts that might change in the future in ways you guys are looking to tackle maybe some of those challenges? Yeah, that's a great question. I, what I, we're seeing, right? Like with a lot of the different, like, going to hybrid or electric, like these vehicles are so much heavier than they've been in the past too. So I think there's a real benefit for us to be able to offer a solution in that space. So, and the weight is different, right? It's not like there's more weight in the front for the lightning and we only have a front bar. We don't have a rear bar because that's where really where we can make the difference. So, you know, we're looking at these chassis and they're not like this like cookie cutter idea, right? So there's a lot happening under the vehicles and with, you know, the electrification happening as well as, you know, getting weight out of the vehicle. Um, You know, there's so much dynamic stuff happening with vehicles right now that we're just, we're paying attention to very closely. Um, And there's, you know, yeah, it might be a challenge, but it's also really an opportunity. I think about all the challenges and the way that the market changes. Like we have the safest, the best vehicles that we've ever had before. And, you know, companies like mine and other aftermarket companies, like make them better too. like have this ability to make them still drive better, still like make those improvements. And I just love like this time that we're in, you know, my son is 13 and he's talking about what vehicle he's going to drive next. And I'm like, well, heck no, it's not going to be anything but with airbags. <laughs> I got one kid. So, um, but, you know, that wasn't something that we always like had that opportunity to like think about. But like vehicles are just, uh, they're so dynamic right now. I think that's really what we're seeing in the market. Um, I think it's really fun. And at the same time, it's just, uh, there's, 
there's opportunity for us to, to support that even more. That's been the part that has really captured my attention is with EVs, <clears throat> hybrid technology, other things. I think back to what you mentioned before, which was we like to customize our vehicles. And in my mind's eye, I can't picture that yet because we haven't really seen it. But how are these new platforms, these new um, power plants and, and vehicles, how are we going to personalize them? What is, what's that going to look like? How is it going to be different? And it, it just has really captured my attention to think, how is that going to change? And then how the aftermarket is going to just be able to give us that, which mm-hmm. it's such a huge part of car culture, truck culture is, you know, there's millions yeah. of these vehicles, like, but how do you make it your own? Oh. I really think we're going to see it here very soon. So a lot of, you know, the early adopters for some of these vehicles are like, this is my pure vehicle, but I'm starting to see a lot of those vehicles get customized, have their own, you know, their own stamp. This represents me right in the vehicles. I'm seeing that quite a bit uh, happen. And I can't wait for the SEMA show because I think it's going to be even more uh, than it has been in the past, right? There's been like, uh, more subtle modifications, but I really sense that like we're in this turning point where it's going to be a lot crazier than it's been in the past. That event is, it, it grabs my attention every year because there's so many cool things that all these companies will showcase. And it gets me mm-hmm. excited as an aftermarket enthusiast to see, and then when's it available? Is it ready to ship now? Or, or you know, when can I get it? And so I love to see it. It's like, Christmas, you know, there's just so many things that are going on. Yeah. So I'll get to see you there, right? I'm trying to make it this year. Hopefully I know I've been saying that for years, but the podcast has kept me pretty busy, but I've definitely, I've I've never been to SEMA. And so I want to go. Yeah. Uh, this year they're doing this, a really cool consumer event, uh, SEMA fest. So it's really turning the SEMA show, which is a, a B2B show. Um, there's an aspect where it allows you like access to the show, but also like music, uh, burnout competitions, like all kinds of like fun stuff. Um, I'm so excited about SEMA Fest as well. And just that like consumer ability to like engage with SEMA as well. And like all of us as enthusiasts, so it should be pretty fun. Yeah, it's definitely, I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait to see. I know there's, there's so many parts and customization or questions that people have, especially when it comes to towing. I have found that towing is one of the more difficult topics to cover because each trailer is different, the weight, mm-hmm. the truck, what people expect. If people have questions for Hellwig, what's the best way to connect with you guys, learn more, ask a question about their truck and how you guys can help them? Yeah, our website is a great place. So um, hellwigproducts.com. Uh, we even, when you talk about towing, my uh my dad has been a Mark Helwig is a towing enthusiast. I think he started towing when he was like zero, right? <laughs> like he's like has it in his blood. But there's some resources on our website too, um, where it's like the towing checklist, the the packing checklist for when you're gonna tow something. Uh so uh, we find that very helpful. I should like figure out a way to put that up at the top um for your listeners too, because it's so it's just you know, someone who's been doing it for a while. Um, and he just has that really like organized thought process too. Maybe you'll get him on board because he could just 
he could riff on towing for so long. <laughs> I love to talk. I just love to learn. So I'll just sit back and I love to absorb the information because there's so much experience that people gain um, doing it. And I don't have a ton of experience with it. So I lean on people who know what they're doing and ask questions. Yeah. And it's, it's a, a really cool aspect to it. It was fantastic to connect with you and learn more about Hellwig, the product line, to hear your passion and excitement for trucks in the aftermarket and then also SEMA as well. It was really cool to to chat with you today. And I know the listener who wanted to have you guys on, he's definitely going to appreciate hearing about your products. So it was a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you for giving me an insight into the company, into the products, into the culture, and then also the incredible work that you're doing with SEMA. Yeah, thank you. And I'm so excited. I'm a diesel I've had a diesel Jetta. I've had a, the first diesel Grand Cherokee. So I'm a huge diesel fan. So I was so excited. I'm like, heck yes, I want to be on. I want to <laughs> hang out with you. <laughs> so thank you for having me. Don't forget diesel fans. If you own a Duramax, whether it's an LB7 all the way up through an L5P, and you're looking to make sure the truck runs as, as good as it can, maybe that's time to do some maintenance, head on over to dmaxstore.com. Check out what they have to offer. They've got basically a complete lineup of, of parts that they found have worked to be able to keep these trucks running, keep them, keeping them on the road. And they love to talk Duramax trucks. So if you have questions about upgrades you should do, a build plan, head on over to dmaxstore.com. Check out what they have. Send them a message. Give them a call. They'd love to chat with you. Also want to give a shout out to some of our Patreon supporters, Tyler Lowe and a 23 Diesel, J. Cole John, all of our other Patreon supporters, all of you who's, who subscribe on YouTube and podcast apps, follow us on social media. We appreciate all your support here in your seven of the Diesel podcast and look forward to bringing you more of the content that you guys want to hear in 2023. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.